Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's absolutely true. There's no fooling around. It's time for some more Tech Vibe Radio. I'm so excited to be on air tonight, Audrey. How about you? Oh, always excited. This is great. I just came off of... uh Spending time with a bunch of amazing young people. Yeah, what's up that with I that? I want to talk about. You were that really are pumped with, up, and I was like, "We got to talk yeah, about this." It's the Air Force Association Cyber Camp. Okay. They did a week hosted by the University of Pittsburgh Institute for Cyber Law, right. Policy, and Security. What were you doing there? I was there as their lunchtime entertainment. Lunchtime entertainment. Were you mm-hmm. juggling uh, hoops of fire? Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, most of the Air Force Cyber Camps yeah. only host about twenty to thirty. Students. Okay, how many this have? They have about. They had about two hundred and and then forty five and then what teachers? Wow! On top of that, that were registered. Huh. And the the objective is for them right. to offer these high school students. Most of them are like tenth and eleventh grade, yeah. going you know rising, right? And um, insight into the importance of and growing field of cybersecurity yeah. and forensics and Good things like that. Good field for kids to be thinking about, man. And that's, they have found that the, the cyber camps, this particular one, has mm-hmm. inspired students, obviously, towards careers in, in science and technology. I, I met a kid with um, passionate about physics and, uh, you know, these, it was the most diverse Audience, so I was asked I to it. just come and speak at noon. Okay, about an hour, and I decided to, you know, I figured it's gonna, it's got to be dynamic. I can't be yeah. doing a lecture. No, you so can't just I just stand peeled there. back and told him a little bit about my life okay. and you know some my career, and then I then I filtered it in by talking about what's happening in Pittsburgh, and then talking about the skills that are needed for cyber. Right, and right, then right. I entertained a whole bunch of questions with them. But it was so interesting because. The, they have like a week and they get a chance to, you know, every every day they get a chance to hear from different people, which includes yeah. like Chancellor Gallagher. One time, one time it was, you know, the new president of uh, Robert Morris and, you know, just sort of let them talk about what they see in terms of the future of cyber wow. work okay. and cybersecurity. So that it was just it, you know what's so motivating about it afterwards after my speech and I and I try to be clever and humorous it's hard to when you talk to high school students that's I t- think I'm so a, hip that's a tough crowd yeah I, hear I you. think I'm so hip I think I'm the same age as them you know I think I have so much in common and you can see that <laughs> and they're like oh no I don't <laughs> oh yeah you think you're cool but I kept telling them I have the coolest job in Pittsburgh and you here's do. all the reasons why and here's what we work on and you know I told them that we do radio something you know I gave them like all our four pillars. And I told them we, them we do radio. radio, and they were like, what's the name of your podcast? Tech and Vibe what's radio. your hashtag? Because I allowed them to right. interact with me. I love it. And so, you know, I, I talked to them and asked them to ask me hard questions. So what were they asking you? I want to know. They were asking questions like, um, you know, why, what makes, um, someone asked me about what makes, uh, it you know th- this is so important. Like, what really makes it important? Do you really ca- do we really care about cyber? Is it just a phase? Oh. Like, these are cool questions like, from tenth and eleventh graders. I think this might be just a phase. How do you know this is something that's really right? Ongoing, and then right? you know, many of them were talking about like, um, you know, I want to be an engineer. So what does that mean for me if I'm trying to think about cyber? Okay. And uh, 
you know, wow, I didn't realize that you should do internships in in high school. And I was saying, I was talking about job shadowing and, you know, asking people. And surely you're only one person removed from someone who's doing something. Spend a week with them. Hang out. Shadow with them. And then I, you know, was a little self-deprecating by telling them my own bumps in the road. And, you know, some of the opportunities. The crowd was half women, half young girls. I love it. It was. Very cool. And a whole bunch of people who represented other minorities. African-American, Indian, Asian. I mean, and then, you know, a whole bunch of Caucasian kids. And it was a really nice good mix of people. Mix of people. Everyone was interactive. I tried to get the, you know, the crowd rolling a little bit so mm-hmm. that they could see that this is interactive. And what they're doing at this camp is really quite, um, it's not just clever. It's just really, really important. And when we think, no one thinks today, we have found out through our work with Cyberg and our work with Carnegie Mellon, that guidance counselors don't necessarily think of cybersecurity or forensic cyber as a pathway. Uh, interesting. And what's really interesting is there's an aggregation of a whole bunch of careers. So someone said, I'm really interested. And, and first of all, I asked um, the audience about programming languages. How many of you do this? The hands that went up, you know, for Java, for Python, it, you know, uh, cool it was that so cool. I kept saying, kids, yeah. I just want to hang out with all of you. So, you know, they, they get introductions to cybersecurity career opportunities. They get introduced to cyber ethics, online safety, mm-hmm. and cyber threats. Then they get to spend time on virtual machining, Basic Windows security policies. I want to go tools. to camp for coming right. out loud. Cybersecurity like um, principles. Then they also have a module on Windows files protections, auditing, and monitoring. Jeez. Introduction to Server 2008 and introduction to, to Linux. Then they even get into. Ubuntu terminology and concepts, basic graphic or user interface security, basic command line security, and intermediate levels of security. Jeez. Honestly, they That's are getting exposed. This is part of, of the University camp. of Pittsburgh Institute for Cyber Law, okay. Policy, and Security. You could feel it in the room yeah. of these kids who were interested. This wasn't just CSI. No. You know, and even though there's there's a whole movement and an important one on of that course. side of forensics, you you could feel the room in terms of their interest and in terms of them feeling that this is possible for them. We talked about interpersonal skills, I talked about project management, I talked about what does leadership mean and uh I probably had a line of eighty kids wanting to talk to me afterwards. I love it. How cool. Which I was no bull. I was like, yeah. you know, I'm lucky. This is a fun gig that we get to do. And uh, I was really proud. I, was I want proud. to go there next year. Can I go to the camp next year? I think you can. I want to go. I think you can. I think you should go for a I'll, week. I'll be the old man there. But I think there I, were teachers there. There out. were a good 45 teachers that had been there. That's amazing. And the teachers came and, and spoke and, you know, really talked about the importance of sort of, you know, like how I always say, pressing flesh with exactly. not just, you know, using social media. They asked amazing questions. I'm juiced. I can tell. I mean, I'm, I'm juiced. I'm, I'm pumped that you're juiced because... Knowing this is happening just means more good results for Pittsburgh and the surrounding region because we need more of this happening. 
it's that's fabulous. What, that's what it's all about. So tonight's show, we've got a heck of a show in front of us. We do. It's this, it's summertime. We've got a lot. I've been out in the field grabbing interviews, and I'm excited. We're we're going to debut a, a new little series we're doing with Buchanan Ingersoll and Rooney, where we're actually having. It's, oh, that's it's, fun. Yeah, we're, tonight we're we're going to be doing some uh, a series around um, the uh, the the accelerator space, the co-working spaces in Pittsburgh, and we have like a little intro segment. We actually have a, a more lengthy segment that you can go download on iTunes or on Stitcher or on our website. But tonight we're going to kind of kick this off. We'll be talking about robotics in the future and some other topics as we go into the fall of, of 2017. So tonight we're going to get that up and going. And we have uh, stopping in uh, right after this, our friends from Avalon Integrations, Mike Kula, is talking about the factory of the future. I like hearing about technology and manufacturing intersecting. I think it's very exciting. All the way around. Yeah. And uh, earlier this summer, I grabbed an interview with Rich Lunak and Lynette Harrell from IW and, and uh, Innovation Works and Ernst & Young, respectively, talking about the latest investment activity through the report that they track, mm-hmm. all of the venture capital uh, happening in the Pittsburgh great. region. So they'll have uh, a little... Good stuff. Yeah. That was, uh, so it's, it's great to bring all these things together and uh, bring another show of Tech Vibe Radio. So I can't wait to get this thing off the ground. Yeah, don't go away. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And we hail from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, where we love it 24-7, helping tech companies succeed since 1983. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back. Thanks for spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, it's a fine Friday night. It is a fine Friday night. It absolutely and is. guests just continue to pop in. That's what happens. We got this kind of show thing going on here. I know. And uh, we're going to be talking about the the, uh, the the factory of the future. There's lots of technology doing great things. Yeah, I love automation. talking about yeah. that. So I'm pretty excited about having this next right. group in. We got Mike Cooley here from Avalon Integration. Thanks for coming in from Philadelphia into our fair city to talk to us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. So tell us about yourself real quick. What are you all about? Um, so uh, I'm the vice president of sales at Avalon Integration. Okay. Um, we are a engineering organization focused on uh, providing uh, products and services around automatic data collection. About two-thirds of our client, um, we would term within the four walls, which means we do applications within a warehouse distribution manufacturing environment. Mm-hmm. And about the other third is field sales, field service. Um, a value we bring pretty much falls into two categories. Okay. One is helping the clients find the right products. So, for example, one sure. of our largest suppliers is Zebra. They probably have over 50 scanners and 40 different types of printers at various configurations. Um, so we uh, kind of hone down what their requirements are, figure out what the right product is for them. Uh, in addition, uh, key to our name, integration. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a lot of focus on really marrying the business problem and providing you a solution for that. Very much so. So it's no surprise that manufacturing's had to adapt. And it's no surprise the amount of technology that's embedded inside manufacturing. Talk about some of the shifts that you're seeing. Um, Well, there's a huge shift in terms of uh, information technology and operational technology uh, meeting. So the real key now is, is data. Right before everywhere, 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 everywhere you look, especially for the factory floor, right? Correct. So, especially now in the factory area, you're looking at there's a lot more sensing technology, positioning technology, location technology, um, machine analytics. Um, At the end of the day, what the uh, what the clients are looking for is to gather that data 
and aggregate it in a useful format to make a better decision to run their business. So you're working with some, some really interesting customers that have some pretty cool problems that you have to solve with these solutions. We, we are. We are. We have um, a local customer uh, right outside the Pittsburgh area um, builds very large um, electrical um, components that support the power industry. Okay. Each one is customized. Okay. So if you think a traditional manufacturing line where, you know, I make a hundred of the same widgets. Something different every time. This one's different every time. And um, they've implemented some technology which was pretty unique. Um, They use large plasma screen TVs, connect it with data collection terminals. Um, collect it with uh, pictures of how the machine is supposed to look in each individual step. Wow. And the user actually follows the directions. It's kind of like putting together a, a, an erector set, but it's, you know, very, very large. Very, exactly. There's cranes involved, right? Correct. And I think that, you know, the key for them is um, their quality is, is unprecedented, right? Because they, they don't get it wrong. There's no rework. Exactly. And again, it's all about the data, right? There's a lot of, a lot of activity that went into creating that data. And so then Avalon's you're foundational to that then because like you're right at the space where that's coming together correct that's correct. a lot of pressure it, it is <laughs> at times it, it is at it. times <laughs> so cool so cool i love it all the way around and so talk a little bit our listeners have heard from erps you know people who do erps over time talk about how you interface with that and what your solution does sure so um you know obviously there's a large erp providers like sap and Mm -hmm. oracle that kind of dominate the world um but there are a lot of um what I'll call legacy or homegrown ERPs that organizations are still running. You probably come across some crazy stuff, too. Systems that have been in place for 30, 40 years. Wow. Right? Um, I think some of the advents of, I'll talk specifically in mobile computing, is there's been a huge shift away from uh, a legacy uh, proprietary Microsoft operating system to Android. So almost think of applications that you see on your smartphone, you're now able to deploy in an enterprise environment. Right, and so wow. it's quicker deployment. It's more yeah. cost effective, um, and a lot more user friendly. And it's an interface that you know someone that runs a smartphone is 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 used to when they're working in a factory floor. This is why I mean, you're talking about data and all these advanced technologies. I mean, literally, like you're, you're saying, it's the factory of the future, but it's it's the factory now <laughs> in, yeah. in, in many regards, as far as that is. It is. It is. And you know, we're seeing. You know, the pressure points in the marketplace, right, mm-hmm. and particularly across the supply chain. So the pressure points in terms of where the whole supply chain, you know, what costs at this increment, what costs at that increment. What, where do you fall in terms of helping that process? Um, pretty much throughout the whole area. Mm-hmm. Um, where we typically start is what I call the low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right, because what we're looking for is quick ROI um, on their investment. So it may be... Uh, reduction of inventory, it may be labor tracking. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just traceability, right? Yeah, um, of course. Right. Yeah. And that's, that that's a big rate. requirement, mm-hmm. right? So if you take, for example, a, uh, a food manufacturer or a pharmaceutical manufacturer, you know, they have to track their product from what I call cradle to grave, right? Every lid, container that wow. it goes into, every material that goes into that, so they can do a selective recall if they have to pull the product And millions back. of products going through that, so talk, you talk about the data that you're creating at that point. Correct. Wow. And, and the advantages of the technology now um, in terms of, um, you know, traditionally it was interesting using mobile data collection like barcode scanners. Right. Um, you know, I've been in this industry for over 20 years. You've and seen the, the trends and what's worked, what hasn't worked. I have. And, and, and you know... 
10, 15 years ago, it was just the very large organizations that could afford that. You need strong right. IT, mm -hmm. right? right? Now we have companies that literally have a one IT staff um, and, and do that type of stuff. So, um, for example, we have a customer in... Um, operates in western Pennsylvania. They're a ceramics manufacturer. Mm -hmm. The company was founded by the, the current guy, his grandfather founded it. Right? And then his father ran the company, now he runs the company. Right. Um, all of their competitors pretty much outsourced and went to China. Um, you know, when I ask him, why does a customer buy from you? He says, you want a good quality product, you buy from me. Exactly. Um, his manufacturing process hasn't really changed. What's changed is the use of technology in terms of huh. um, collecting. You know, yeah. He makes millions of pieces a day. So in collecting data so he can get worker analytics. Wow. Um, for quality inspection, he's I using vision systems. So they're still making the same products, same machines that his grandfather put in. But the, the data that he's getting out of that, he's, he's turning and making that more productive for his environment. It. So we're talking to Mike Cooley here from Avalon Integrations. We've got a couple minutes left. And all this, I'm realizing this factory, the future, it's like factory operators now are really becoming knowledge workers at the end of the day. I mean, it's completely changing the whole, the whole, the whole facet of this. Tell us a little bit about how, how technology is just really marching things forward in that regard. Um. They certainly are becoming knowledge workers, yeah. so um, mm -hmm. they're making those split-second uh, decisions that, right. that affect their organization. And it's your technology that's doing it to them. That's what I love it, about it's, it. It's part of yeah. it, right? It's a, it's a whole ecosystem of, of a good application, right. um, good, good technical equipment like a mobile computer or, or a scanner or a, a sensing device. Um, but uh, essentially, these workers now are on the line making decisions, right? They have to be, uh, they're, they're more, you, you summed it up, they're a knowledge worker, right? They're just not following the same process that right. they're doing every day. Sometimes I think we just need new names for people who are working in manufacturing. So I love that you're calling them out as knowledge workers. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it is, I mean literally, the, the landscape has changed so much, and it's technology that's driving that forward. And then it's companies like yours that are bringing that technology and integrating it and turning these things into some, some seriously crazy operations, for lack of a better Yeah, it's, it's, it's been I fun. It. It's so, been fun to see. So if people want to know more about how would they get in touch with you? Um, our website is uh, www.avalonintegration.com. Uh, Absolutely. Um, and our phone number is 908 Two five two one nine six three. Then you also authored a really cool article in our Made PA magazine, all about the factory factory of the future. The future, and I encourage people to go to pghtech.org and uh, go under our news section there for Made in PA, and it will be up there right in front. So you can really learn more about this because you have a nice article where you're kind of going into a little more detail than what we're doing here on the air but I think this is a great way to kind of get people thinking about the fact that while manufacturing has changed so much and it's the technology that's driving it and it's the Avalon integrations that are making that come together I mean, the story of, a, of an old line ceramics company using the absolute leading edge in technology yeah that's powerful stuff kind of, kind of cool. really cool I love, cool. Really cool. I love hearing that all the way around thank great, you so great much stuff. for joining us well thanks for having us we appreciate it Mike yeah good, good right. stuff oh, just, I love doing the show we get to talk to guys like Mike Great. That was Pittsburgh Avalon happen. Integration. Absolutely. Good, good stuff. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech 5 Radio. I swear. It's what we do every single Friday night. Bring you the best and brightest of Pittsburgh and what's going on here. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. You are tuned in to Tech Vibe Radio, and this is Jonathan Kirsting. I'm with the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and I am on assignment today we are at the headquarters of Ernst & Young talking to Lynette Harrell and also Rich Lunak from Innovation Works. And you guys just released a pretty cool study detailing the uh, venture capital and investment activity in the Pittsburgh region. 
and we're here to talk about that today. I get excited about this stuff because it really shows the impact of what tech's doing here and just the overall industry and how we're attracting investment and building companies and so forth. So thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks. So real fast, introduce yourself and what do you do at, 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 at Ernst & Young? My name is Lynette Harrell and I'm the office managing partner of the Pittsburgh office here at Ernst & Young. And I would say your office is quite beautiful. We are here in your conference room. Yes. Spectacular views of Pittsburgh here. 21st floor I love of PPG it. Place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Rich, you are no stranger to the show and to the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Great to be back. Tell us about yourself real fast, Rich. Uh, so so I'm an entrepreneur and uh, t- today I uh, run Innovation Works and we're not profit that helps support uh, early stage technology companies in the region through investment and services. Absolutely. I mean, without innovation works, I mean, this is where some of our coolest companies got their start. So yeah. they got, the, they got their, their money where some people couldn't invest in them in that early on, but innovation works is able to do that. And that's why you guys are such a resource here. So how did innovation works and Ernst & Young kind of team up here to put together this snapshot of Pittsburgh's technology and investment landscape? Well, I first met Rich through our Entrepreneur of the Year program. So Ernst & Young right. has an Entrepreneur of the Year program every year, and, and Rich was kind enough to be involved in the program um, one year. And that's when we first started to talk about entrepreneurial growth in the Pittsburgh marketplace. And uh, he, I was contacted by someone from Innovation Works that um, wanted to put together a, a book that talked about the growth and the investment right. in the Pittsburgh market. And it's been a great partnership. So, I mean, EY with their Entrepreneur of the Year program has so much credibility in our community. And for sure. We've been studying these numbers for a lot of years just to inform our own strategies. So it, it was a really good partnership. It's like the chocolate and the peanut butter kind of came together. Exactly. <laughs> and you make something really fun out of that as far as that goes. So let's just jump right into the numbers. Um, so what are some of the, the key findings? Like what is like the big number? And this is for, uh, for trends and highlights for 2012 to 2016. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the big numbers first. I know there's like, a, like something like around like $376 million being bandied about. So you're right. The report does cover five years. So this is the fifth year of the report. It covers the years 2012 through 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, we had increases in all categories. So we look at venture capital, strategic investment, um, all categories. We had growth across all categories. And we like to compare this to the nation, what's going on on a national level That as makes well. sense. So we know how we are in relation to the rest of the country, right? Right. So this year on a national level, all of those were down. And in Pittsburgh... We were up. We were up. What's Number of that? companies and total dollars. In fact, we okay. were up in a significant way. The national venture capital numbers were down 32% in terms of dollars invested nationally. 32%? And Pittsburgh's total number was up 34% with the most significant growth coming with angel investing and strategic corporate investment, with huh. which both more than doubled. That's very interesting, especially on the uh, angel side, because, I mean, that's where the real seed money comes from in many ways where companies are first looking for that first little kick to get them going and to say that there more of that is happening in Pittsburgh I think is very encouraging. Yeah, they play such, angels play such a critical role in uh, startup continuum because they're oftentimes the first money in deals and uh, in a lot of cases very sophisticated hands-on support for entrepreneurs so uh, it was really nice to see that, that category grow. And uh, as Lynette mentioned, mm-hmm. across the board, there was, there was growth in every category. I mean, you, I mean, that's not every year that we're going to have that. I mean, I would have to assume this is a good year. We can say, yeah, we were across. We have to be expected for the, the little downticks here and there as well. But to have all categories up, I think, is quite exceptional. 
Can I we think, talk? Yeah. Wasn't this the largest year since 2008? Yeah, it was a, a very strong year. I, uh, I, I think we had one other year we were reported on that was that was better, but the, that total number of 376 million was a really strong total number for us. Absolutely, and of that 376, so 235 was by venture capital firms, which VC kind of gets all the attention. It's got that kind of panache to it. So, so, so the VC activity also as well on the upswing. Yeah, it's nice to see. Um, we uh, have a list of all the venture funds that have invested in Pittsburgh area deals over that five-year period, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's really an impressive list. In addition to our great local VCs, we now have some very high-profile firms from across the nat- nation doing deals here. And the nice thing about that is now they have a, a partner uh, exactly. coming on a regular basis for board meetings and working with companies, getting to know the region better. So it's a lot easier to build off of that momentum than trying to get somebody here. Oh, for, the for first sure. Time. Absolutely. I would be taking this report and follow everyone's board meetings and make sure every board member gets a meeting so they can see this That's is what's right. going on here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Plus, it opens their eyes to Pittsburgh as well, too. They, they start seeing there's deal flow here and that there's some great companies. So, you know, obviously it's easier to invest in Silicon Valley for, if you're from Silicon Valley, but sometimes they're looking to diversify a little bit and stretch their legs and find there's some, some great deals here in Pittsburgh, too. Yes, absolutely. And the, and the other nice thing that, that we cover in our report is the um, the research uh, centers that are being opened by a lot of very high profile uh, tech firms like Google, and Uber, and uh, Facebook, Oculus, and others that are helping to put us on the map, as well as you know generating their own set of exciting spin-outs like Argo AI and others. I know. It's, it's such a great time to be in Pittsburgh right now. It really fires me up. I mean, I've been covering this scene for almost 20 years now, and it's always been exciting. It seems like the past five years, especially as, as, as the Ubers and the Facebooks and the Googles have really kind of put some roots down, you can just see the extra buzz that's going, and you're seeing other companies starting because of those, because it's allowing this ecosystem to grow. So maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the uh, technologies that are receiving investment. You have a great graph here that kind of breaks these down, and I call them the donut graphs. They look like tasty donuts to me. <laughs> but they got some great information, and I'm really looking at like who's getting the funding and, and how much. And, and it looks like, I mean, robotics is one of those things that Pittsburgh's known for and is really starting to take shape. Uh, tell us about some of the things you found interesting within these findings. The one thing from a high level is it's just... It's diversified. See, I was going to bring that up because some, some areas rely on one or two sectors. Where how many are here? There must be like 12, 13 sectors. All, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a lot. at least a dozen going on here. If I were to count them all out, it would take me like 12, at least 12 ticks. So in any that. one year, one can be up and another one can be down, right. but we're well-rounded and not focused on one specific industry. So that way, yeah, that way we're, we're, we kind of counterbalance ourselves That's right. to, a, to a certain degree. And, and, it, and it's terrific. I mean, we have a lot of strengths, uh, software is obviously a strong area, but life Definitely. sciences, robotics, advanced materials, energy, we have a lot of really strong uh, sectors here. And, Without uh, a doubt. We don't have all our eggs in one basket. That's what I think has been Pittsburgh's secret sauce. I mean, we don't have these massive upswings, but we don't have the massive downswings yes. either. As, as the PTC is getting ready to release its State of the Industry report, of which some of this data is part of, and we look at the growth of employment and number of companies. It's one of those where every year we're, it's not the sexiest curve, but man, it's been over time nice in building a good, strong base. Yeah. And that's why I think Pittsburgh's Slow here for the long It surely does. Like, it may not get all the headlines, but we are getting the headlines now, and that's why it's, it's so exciting. And so, we have, the, mm-hmm. we have a, the perfect formula, too, because if you take Pitt, 
exactly. with all the research money, almost a billion dollars a year, right. and couple that with Carnegie Mellon, a top computer science school, yep. um, and the local venture capital supply is growing. You put them all together, it's just a perfect mix. I see Pitt and CMU as like this dynamic duo of making stuff happen here in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think we can all sleep better at night knowing that Carnegie Mellon's there <laughs> and that Pitt is there doing what they're totally doing. Totally agree. Because, I mean, without it, I mean, we would not have the, the, the just... The, the pure research that's coming out that's being spun into companies. I know that when we've talked to you know investors outside of Pittsburgh, they may not know Pittsburgh, but you say Carnegie Mellon University and you say University of Pittsburgh, and like, oh, their ears perk up and they want to come and learn more. So two huge assets as far as that goes. So we have, we have a couple minutes left. So what are your thoughts on the future? How, how do you see us you know, kind of trajecting uh, from, from where we are right now? So I think we, we have a lot of terrific momentum. We have... Um, as you mentioned, great research assets in the region. Mm-hmm. We have this growing corporate R&D center community with, you know, Google, Uber, Tata just, uh, I know. you know, cut the ribbon on a new building in Oakland and things like that. Uh, tremendous talent. And I, and I think our entrepreneurial scene and quality of life here is really getting more and more recognition. So totally. A really strong growth. I think the kind of things that can be big needle movers mm-hmm. is if we can have... You know, hopefully a, a nice, very high-profile IPO or We need like that. that. It's been a while since we've had one of those really big, successful exits that, that's like, you know, in yeah. that billions of dollars type of thing. Yeah, you know, the, sort of our version it's of... Like, uh, four systems, where are you again? Yeah, yeah, our version of an Amazon, Microsoft, right. or Seattle. Exactly. And, and we've got, we have the seat to that. So what, what are your thoughts on, on projecting forward? I would agree with that. Either yeah. a, or a significant commercial transaction okay. or an IPO. Something like that to, to really put that hot focus that this is what can happen here in Pittsburgh. To to get the publicity to draw the capital. Absolutely. So if people want to learn more about the study, where can they go? Because there's a lot of great data here, and we could never go over an entire show. I want people to go there and like check it out and yeah. really sink their teeth into it, especially these donut charts. So they can download <laughs> online okay. at www.innovationworks.org. Simple enough. Thanks, guys, for stopping by with Lunak Thank Harrell you, from Ernst Young. Thanks. Rich Lunak from Innovation Works. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time and talking to us about this exciting information happening here in Pittsburgh. Always great to be here. Thanks so much. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for taking your time and tuning in to Tech Vibe Radio. We're spinning up a great segment. This is brand new stuff we're bringing to you. It's from the the Buchanan Labs, and we're doing this from Ascender. We're no stranger to Ascender, one of Pittsburgh's newest uh, co-working and incubating spaces. I believe they have some companies here that are doing some pretty cool stuff. And we're doing a whole series of really cool topics, anything from robotics to co-working spaces to incubating, you name it, anything happening in technology, we're going to be exploring that with this new series with Buchanan Labs. So I'm really pumped to be doing this. And uh, I've got some great guests with us, really true partners with us from Buchanan Niggersall. We have Ed Groton here today. Yes, nice Ed, to be here. Thanks for stopping by the show and hanging out with us. And, and of course, we have uh, Stephanie Schreiber. Hi, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. So what do you think about being in this space? This is pretty cool. The space is absolutely phenomenal. It's wonderful to see so many people here working, and it's just really an exciting development for Pittsburgh. Without a doubt. And you have your own Buchanan Lab in here, which is what I really love. You are here to like interact with all the companies and the entrepreneurs that are moving in and out of this space. I think it's way too cool that you guys are here and bringing the show here again. This is not our, this is not our first time here. We heard back in February when they first opened it up, and uh, we're just really super pumped as far as that goes. So we're going to be doing... 
this is a new thing for us. We're actually we're, we're kicking off this series. We're going to be talking about what is going on with incubators and accelerators here in the Pittsburgh area, being in one right now. And I'm really just curious to um, talk about how this, how this impacts the investment, just the overall ecosystem, all this kind of great stuff. I think it's going to be so much, wonder, so much fun for us to explore this. And for us to actually remind people, if you go to iTunes and you go to pghtech.org and just search for Tech Vibe, we have extra content for you. We're going to be bringing you a few extra interviews outside of this interview for people to really nerd out about what's going on within all the accelerator and incubator space here. So I'm really happy partnering with you guys on this project. I think it's just a ton of fun. Thanks for having us. So quickly, what, what is your background with, with Buchanan there? Uh, I'm a, I, I've been an attorney for at Buchanan yourself for a little over two years, and okay. I mostly fo- focus on the uh, emerging company space. And we pretty much try to help startup companies get where they need to be in order to become a more mature company or to uh, get some sort of exit, whether that's a liquidity event right. or hopefully an IPO at some Absolutely, point. 100%. And Stephanie, what do you do at Buchanan? I'm also a lawyer at Buchanan. Yeah. I've been there for a long time. I'm surrounded by lawyers. <laughs> I love it. There's nothing wrong about that. I'm in the uh, corporate and healthcare groups, and among other things, in the early stage work, I work with uh, investors who are looking at uh, early stage companies. Uh-huh. So it's really an exciting position to be in, and it's exciting to see the companies that my clients have invested in yep. and the direction those companies are going. I love it. And that's why I really went to remind people is that places like Buchanan, they're not just your law firm. They're really your partner. I mean, you literally are hand in hand making connections and obviously that's what you're doing, helping people you know, meeting potential investors and things like that. So so what's going on with this whole thing when it comes to accelerators and incubators? Why is Buchanan hanging out in an incubator? I think you would have a good answer to that, Stephanie. Well, I think it's important because when you have early stage companies that are starting out it is vital that they begin on the right footing. Exactly. And the right footing includes having the right legal foundation. I mean, that is, literally, when you say foundation, that is literally the bedrock of a company. And so in order to help companies at the very beginning of their growth and the very beginning of their development, it helps them be on solid ground. It helps them have the appropriate documentation in place so that when investors are looking at them, it doesn't raise red flags and they're in a position to move forward. Exactly. And can you elaborate Absolutely. on yeah, tell that? Tell us a little more about that. Uh, Pretty much uh, from the emerging company space, we'd like to make sure that from a legal perspective that companies, when they start out, have the proper um, filings done and have the proper uh, legal agreements in order to properly set up the company so that when you move toward an incubator or accelerator or an early stage investor, that um, you don't go into so much uh, the extra cost in trying to set up your company in the proper way that you encounter um, either legal issues or extra costs along the way that uh, could be uh, pretty much uh, detrimental to a company, especially in the early stages. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I tell you, we're going to be kicking off the series. We've got some great guests who are going to be joining us in just a second. We have Steelbridge stopping by, the brand new accelerator here. And uh, of course, Alpha Lab and Alpha Lab Gear, we have Alana Diamond stopping by, who's no stranger to Tech Live Radio. I and mean, like, literally, this is a, an internationally recognized you know, incubator slash accelerator. I want to talk about what's the difference between an incubator and accelerator. I get confused sometimes. We're going to iron that one out as well, too. And we also have Zach Malone from Draper Triangle talking about, you know, on the investment side, like, what does it mean when you work with a company that's going through an accelerator or an incubator. So we've got a lot of great stuff for us to talk about. I'm going to give us some, some quick introductions from these folks, and then I'm going to remind everybody, if you go to iTunes and just search for Tech5 Radio, or go to pghtech.org, or if you go to Buchanan Labs, you can find the, the extra content there and really learn more about what's going on and, and how this is all working here in the Pittsburgh ecosystem. And we have James Poluschek from Steel Bridge. 
So what's Steelbridge? Who's James? Yeah, well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. My name is James Holuszczak. I am the founder and managing partner of Steelbridge Laboratories. Uh, Steelbridge Laboratories is an early-stage fintech software incubator. Okay. So we try to help uh, founders and their management teams get an idea off the ground yeah. and uh, take product to market. There's a guy here in Asunder I was just talking to who has a fintech idea. I don't know if you were talking to him earlier. Uh, I may have been. Okay. I don't know. We'll I'm see. just saying. like this is, secret. I don't know. This is why I love being in these types of spaces because you don't know who you're going to run into and where the next thing's going to happen, which is why it's so cool that Buchanan Labs has space here. Yeah, we love it. We because love all the shared working spaces I'm just telling in the area. You, it's just so cool. And real fast, the difference between like an incubator and an accelerator, is that like couch and sofa? Uh, or or, or there's yeah, some technical you, differences between the two of them. You, you could you could think of it that way. Okay. Um, there are differences. I mean, in the the I guess basic differentiation is if you think about the names of it. Yeah. An incubator incubates a company. Right. An accelerator accelerates the company. Makes sense. So when you think about that, an accelerator really tries to grow a company once it's been established. Okay. Where the incubator gets it up and running. Gets it up and running off the ground. Okay. Okay. And, and there's a lot of blurry lines there sometimes there, between the two because if a company pops real quick, it could be all of a sudden accelerating when they thought it was incubated. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, a company that's successful very early on could have a later later stage venture capital firm, which is right. three or four levels down, looking at them to make an investment. Excellent. I think so throws in munging terms there because you know me, I get going and I just forget what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. Don't Perfect. Worry. And that's why I'm so excited to explore the rest of this. And just reminding everybody, go to iTunes, search Tech Live Radio, go to pghtech.org, Buchanan Labs, and you can hear all of the more that we'll be talking about later on. So Zach Malone from Draper Triangle, venture capital firm here in Pittsburgh. Hey, Come dude. on, man. That's where the money is, right? Yeah, it is. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me, John. Of course. No, we're so glad to have you be part of this conversation because it really shows how the ecosystem here works. Taking a company from itty-bitty to where they're ready for guys like, like Draper Triangle. Well, we, uh, yeah, we, we try to do our part to contribute to the community. Um, for those of you who don't know Draper Triangle, we're a venture capital firm based here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we've been here for almost 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, we, the, our headquarters are here. We focus on investments in the, med, in the Midwest. We do a lot of B2B software, okay. some robotics, some medical equipment. Um, you know, No specific vertical focus, but really any company based in the Midwest that has the potential to go from, like you said, small to you know, really big. Exactly. Um, we try to pick the winners. So. Absolutely, man. You picked some winners in Pittsburgh lately as well, too. There's been some, some, some good activity. So We've been lucky. Too. And we're going to be nerding out about that more which I'm excited about. So I'm reminding everyone, if you want to hear more with me and Zach talking about what's going on investment-wise, you got to go over to iTunes and to our website to download the podcast. And then Alana Diamond, so much fun to hang out with. Oh, it's always exciting no, to be here with you. You guys, you're the, actually, the work that you guys are doing at Alpha Lab and Alpha Lab Gear, like, you are internationally recognized. Thank you. Come on, man. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're baking some really cool companies over there. And yeah, I mean, some of the top tech companies and manufacturing companies have come out of your out of your facilities over the past 10 years, which I think is just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I think part of it is the whole Pittsburgh ecosystem, yeah. you know. They're coming out of the universities. They're coming out of the corporations. They're coming out of people who um, came here for a job or to be educated, had an idea for a company, and, you know, they're... They're getting into one of our programs, and they're just taking off from there. And I don't know if you know this, but um, about a week ago, uh, 
Crunch announced who the top seed stage investors in the country were, and Innovation Wait. Works was number one. Wait, I didn't, wow. how did I miss that? I, Where was the press release? Great. I need to see that. Yeah. And, you know, we were number one. I think Techstars was number two. Y Combinator was number three. Tech Tech Startups was number Why four. Y Combinate what? Yeah. I don't know any of those really? places. But in, so Innovation Works ranked number one. Number one. Right. Most right. seed stage activity in the country. That's what it's all about. Yes, That's it is. All and also, Alpha Lab has a, a, new, a new class will be starting in the fall, right? A new yes, uh, cohort. Yes, started a new cohort two weeks ago, Alpha yes. Lab. And Alpha Lab Gear is starting a new one in September. It's going to be manufacturing focused. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we run an eight-month program the first 25 weeks, our market validation, all about developing your business model, figuring out your target market, getting your prototypes into customers' hands and going through those early stages of product and customer development. Okay. And then after that time period, we run 15 weeks focused entirely on how to scale manufacturing. So many physical product companies, you know, they make 10 or 100, and then to get to 1,000 or 10,000 is a whole different story. Good stuff. That's why we're so glad. All these resources are in town, and and we have them all right here for, for Tech 5 Radio. So, I mean, fundamentally, accelerators, incubators, the alpha labs of the world, the steel, the steel bridge labs are just really changing the face of Pittsburgh, really making Pittsburgh pop. Tell us a little bit about how your facilities are really making Pittsburgh really shine. We're making lots of headlines these days when it comes to tech and innovation. Yeah, certainly I can make some comments on that. I think it goes back to what Alana had said with regards to how we're, we're identifying great entrepreneurs and great ideas that are coming out of our universities, that are coming out of the, the businesses that we have within our region. And, you know, what we're doing is we're recognizing the, the entrepreneurial spirit as well as what Pittsburgh's known for, which is hardworking people. And, and, and we, as the folks that are providing resources for them, as I said, recognize it and are creating opportunities for these people to, to take those ideas and build something great out of them. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're super excited about it at oh. Steelbridge Labs. I mean, so much has just changed you know, in, in the past 10 years, in the past five years because of this type of activity. And then, Zach, on your end, then, obviously now, I mean, you're seeing a lot more companies that are, are more venture-ready because of the activity that's happening here. Am I imagining that, or is that true? Or No, that's absolutely true. Okay. We're incredibly lucky to have these organizations in the city. I mean, to be honest, it makes our jobs much easier. I was going to say, yeah, you got places to hang out and you can <laughs> see who's doing what, right? Absolutely <laughs> I right. I love it. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. And so, Alana, we've got about a minute or so left. What's going to be changing in the future a little bit? These are all little topics we're going to be hitting if you go and are smart and check out the other content that we have on iTunes. So what's the future of, of this? How are things going to be changing? You know, I think that we're, we're seeing the change already, okay. right? Um, I think more and more people are getting involved in entrepreneurship earlier and earlier. I think we're seeing more and more folks, um, even high school entrepreneurs, I think people are seeing starting a business yeah. as, as an alternative to other career paths. Fantastic. And that's really exciting. Absolutely. Well, hey, we're out of time reminding everybody. Go to pghtech.org, go to iTunes, go to Buchanan Labs. We've got this extra content coming your way. We're going to nerd out a lot more about all this great stuff. And as for remind everyone, thanks for tuning in to Tech 5 Radio this Friday night. We couldn't do without you tuning in every night. And this has been Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. You can learn more about us at pghtech.org. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.